The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Star Wars 7x7, episode 3410. All right, we've got a little distance from the Ahsoka series. It's been a month since it finished up. And so today we're going to start a brief mini-series covering a couple things that we didn't cover in our wrap-ups, like what we learned about Ahsoka, for example. We never closed off that whole character study thing. But today we're going to start with things that uh, I wish had been better about the series. I'd love to know what you think about that, too. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy, and thank you so much for joining me for it. So we now have a month, it's been a month since the Ahsoka series finished up, and we're going to talk a little bit about the series, just wrap things up. We'll start by talking about things that I wish had been done better in the series or had been different in the series and areas for improvement, that sort of thing. I would love to hear what you think about this too. So if you're catching this on YouTube, hey, comments are right there. And if you're catching an audio version of the show, then please head over to SW7X7.com. Look for this episode and drop a comment on the blog post there, please. So I'll start briefly by talking about one thing that we talked about ad nauseum on the show, which was the pacing of the show. It really was the opposite of the George Lucas faster, more intense mantra. And the more that I sat and thought about it over the last month, the more that I realized that I was hoping for a Rebels-like experience, I guess. So we've talked about the show, and a lot of people have talked about the show as being a sort of de facto fifth season of Star Wars Rebels. Animation, maybe things are different, maybe they handle things differently, maybe it's, you know, a matter of time passing. I don't know, but I feel like things should have been snappier with the dialogue. People should have been coming right back with each other, that that would have been more compelling, more dramatic, basically, uh, give more opportunities for comedy. Everything really just did feel slow for the first three or four episodes. And then when they finally got into conflicts and whatnot, then yeah, things definitely picked up in the back half of the season. But that's because there was just so much more action in that back half of the season. In the front half of the season, there wasn't that much, and they didn't really manage the pace, it felt like. So that's the first thing. The second thing relates to the idea about this being sort of a de facto Rebel Season 5, which is also supposed to then lead into a giant movie situation. So we haven't had Star Wars movies for however long. Gosh, it's not been that long. Four years, right? It hasn't been that long, and it's going to be, you know, eight at a minimum before we get the next one. But this whole exercise in storytelling is supposed to be leading up to a climactic movie event. And so you would think that if they were trying to continue to draw an audience and get an audience prepared for that particular event that they might have worked to put their best foot forward on this show and not made it so Rebel Season 5-y. I mean, you know, there is a case to be made for the fact that 
only Rebels fans could really enjoy the show at the level that it was enjoyable. And that's going to be part of what I talk about when I talk about the positives of the Ahsoka season because, yeah, it was fantastic to be spending all the time with those characters and to have them back and to have them back in live action. But I don't want to get too far down that road because we're talking about areas for improvement on this episode. Basically, we had, you know, the two MacGuffins, Thrawn and Ezra, and we know what happened to them at the end of Rebels. But... We didn't have anything in those first episodes that really set up why it was important to find Thrawn, to find Ezra. We just knew that there were people who missed him, but we don't necessarily know why other than that he's gone. We know that there are people concerned about Thrawn, but only because people are saying, if Thrawn comes back, it's going to be big trouble. And the bad guys are like, we got to get Thrawn back because we can mess things up with him. But if you're a person who doesn't know any of that stuff, then yeah, this is kind of a harder sell. And then when you pair that with how long it took for the season to really kind of ramp up and find its footing, then yeah, it was definitely a, a difficult first half. The third thing related to you know this as well is that they did not take the opportunity to help with the whole crossover situation. So once again, this is supposed to build into a crossover movie event that ties in all of these live action series that are happening in this particular time frame on Disney+. Plus. So why didn't The Mandalorian show up anywhere in this series? Or why didn't Boba Fett show up anywhere? Or why didn't Luke Skywalker show up? Like, we've seen The Mandalorian with Ahsoka. We've seen Luke with Ahsoka, and yeah, maybe we haven't seen Boba Fett with Ahsoka, I don't think necessarily, but you know, that's not too far of a stretch. And I'm not saying I wanted him to just walk through a scene and be like, oh, there's the Mandalorian, that's great. Of course I would have wanted it to be with a narrative reason, a compelling reason for them to be a part of any particular episode. But if you think about the Book of Boba Fett and how ratings went through the roof comparatively in Episode 5 when the Mandalorian showed up, and again in Episode 6 when Luke Skywalker showed up, I mean... There's a lesson to be learned there. And we know that the audience for the Ahsoka series is, you know, comparatively less than, say, for, you know, what the Mandalorian built up with the Baby Grogu sensation and what, you know, what happened with the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, which had, you know, better ratings than, say, the Andor series, for example, because just of the iconicness of the characters. There's an opportunity to do that with the Ahsoka series, and it was really, I think, a necessary thing for them to do to kind of bring in the more casual audience, and they did not take that opportunity. For another thing, I feel like Thrawn was somehow lacking, and we certainly get an idea of his ruthlessness and his calculating nature, but as a tactician and a strategist, if you have been familiar with him in other Star Wars storytelling, you know that he is without compare in that regard, and he seemed to have lost many a step. And this is also something that I talked about a bit when we were discussing the episodes themselves, of like why he couldn't just take the Chimera up a thousand feet or, or dock in space. Like, he could have had that thing out of the way before Ezra and Sabine showed up in the first place. So, yeah, just little things like that. And then seeing him so easily outmaneuvered with, you know, the... Uh, uh, 
you know, that orbital bombardment happening, right? And, you know, yeah, that'll take care of him. No, it wouldn't take care of him. And you'd think he would have known better, basically. Like, just bring the ship up into orbit. And, yeah, additionally, I would have also imagined Thrawn, upon arriving in, you know, a strange galaxy, to have done some exploration, to have tried to kind of build some sort of companionship, camaraderie, um, some sort of you know, alliances, some sort of connection around his space. And that doesn't seem to have happened either. He seems to have woken up three great mothers from, you know, the ancient Dathomiri, and that's about it. And he was there for like, what, nine years? Maybe more? Something like that. So, oh yeah, I guess, yeah, nine, ten years basically. So, oh yeah, it feels like there's just something more that he should have been doing in that time, and it doesn't seem like he was doing any of it, and it seems like he's just kind of gone downhill in some fashion from the very dangerous villain that we used to know him to be. Although I still suppose I should hold out a reservation and say that maybe that's what we're supposed to believe. <laughs> maybe that's how things are actually going with him. Maybe he has lost a step and that's what we're going to find out over the course of the storytelling. So yeah, maybe that one will end up revealing itself as intentional and okay. And the last thing I'll flag, and I'll try to make this the last time I say this one too, but we've got it all in one place, so we're just kind of getting it all out of our systems basically, is the lack of urgency toward the end of the season. Ezra's seeming lack of urgency about wanting to get off the planet. Sabine's lack of urgency, knowing that there was, at that moment, only one way off the planet on Thrawn's ship, and them not having any discussion about well, yeah, there's a timetable and, you know, Ezra not willing to press Sabine on what's been going on and why can't we get out of here or anything like that. I mean, you know, it's one thing if you got to say you have to help the naughty do, you know, what they need to do, like at least address that fact. Like, I'm itching to get out of here, but we got to help these people first, please. Like, let's just do this and do this as quickly as we can. But none of that was addressed or mentioned. And instead it was just like, ah, oh, we'll get there when we get there. And if the ship is there, great. And if not, then yeah, it did really seem like Sabine wouldn't have minded just being stranded on Peridia. And yeah, like there's nothing for her in the galaxy far, far away now. So that I didn't necessarily understand either. But that is what I've got to get out of my system about the things that weren't working for me with the Ahsoka series. I would love to hear from you about what didn't work for you or if you have the opposite opinion about the stuff that I'm talking about, then I'd love to hear that too. Once again, comments for YouTube right there. Audio version of the podcast, head over to the blog post for the show's episode at SW7X7.com and let me know what you think. And that is going to do it for today's episode of the podcast. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it as always. And may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyrighted by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.